0: Fake ass little bitch. The world is ready for the American nightmare. This is your United States
1: of America. On. Kinshasa! On the mic. Hi, I'm Dolph I was
0: just looking for your balls, but you ain't got none.
1: I knew something was wrong.
0: It. It's upsetting. It's disgusting. Why don't you take it back? I think we need to have a tag team match.
1: You're indefinitely suspended. I'll say this to your face, Roman Reigns, so you get where I'm coming from. I don't respect you. I'm with you, John Cena. I don't respect him either. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hitting the Marks for Thursday, September 7th, 2017. This is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. Talking creative, business aspects of the professional wrestling business, and of course giving our unsolicited opinions. My name is Jargo, I'll be your host for the day, joined alongside my boy RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. I hope you brought an energy drink, man, because damn, we thought this was going to be a light week for the show, but boy, oh boy, were we wrong.
0: It's me, it's me, it's RBV, Rick Vickery here. I can say with absolute, absolute certainty, there's no place I'd rather be. We're officially off and running. What an exciting week of pro wrestling we have! We're going to have some great conversation. But before we get into all that, I know mean, we've got some other uh, pressing issues that we need to acknowledge.
1: Yeah, we got to give our shout-outs to uh, anybody in the Houston area, anybody down in Florida, by the time you listen to this. I'm not sure if Irma's coming just yet or if it's going to be another day or two, but our thoughts are absolutely with you. Uh, for any of you that want to actually do something to help all these people you can visit ghcf.org backslash hurricane relief redcross.org. those are the two uh links that wwe has sent out those are the links that i don't feel bad endorsing um and of course with it being september uh wwe is doing their connor's cure campaign you can visit them at jimmyv.org which is a very very reputable organization um we're not here to talk about any of that we're here to give you a little bit of an escape from that so rick what do you say we just jump into the show
0: sounds good to me man we've got a lot to talk about and it's been a wild week in the world of professional wrestling
1: so that brings us to the tv of the week should we start with raw and smackdown
0: yeah let's jump in with it
1: well i guess the first place to start roman reigns and john cena round two what'd you think
0: uh, you know, going in, uh, you know, just the whole raw, just kind of overview, I, w- I came with some low expectations being a holiday show, but I got to admit, I was mildly entertained. One of those, one of the things that did not entertain me was Rain Cena. I'm still not buying into this over the top pandering to the smart audience.
1: See, now I was all in last week and this week I hated it.
0: Now, see, I'm going to, you know, believe me, I'm okay with dropping the insider hit, hints and playing up real situations. But this, is, but this outright pandering now, is just a prime example of lowest common denominator booking.
1: Isn't that what Cena's at at this point in his career, though? I mean, the only thing left for John Cena to do is to get over with the smarts.
0: The only problem here is they couldn't even react to one another without acknowledging the damn audience in between their lines.
1: I and could have done without hands, the dick jokes, man.
0: Well, you know, to really ham it up, then they result to uh, juvenile, vulgarity-based insults.
1: You could just hear Vince backstage on headset.
0: Uh, uh, uh. You know? Oh, yeah, from everything you hear about Vince backstage and his sense of humor, he, oh, he's probably
1: back there rolling. He's loving it. Big monies and dick and fart jokes. But it just comes off so tacky. Oh, and especially from those two talents. It just felt like, okay, John, well, you got over last week. This week, it's Roman's turn. But Cena still had all the good lines.
0: This is one of your most intense programs you have going on. And your two biggest superstars are out there playing grab dick.
1: Cena is just burying Roman. Like, if the idea is to get all the sympathy on Roman Reigns, and then finally, when he beats John Cena, John Cena raises his hand, and the crowd's all going to cheer, Vince is going to be so sadly disappointed.
0: I just, you know, I, I hope that they really up the intensity and it starts getting real you know, they've got a couple of weeks still to build here. I, I just want to see more. I want to see them get serious and really start selling this thing. Right now, I could care less about this featured program.
1: I'm, I'm, I think I'm still more invested than you are at this point, but they're definitely losing me. Uh, another big angle on the show was the women's four-way announcement out of the tag match. What did you think of that?
0: Right back to RAW Women's Division 101 Booking. Three hours of weekly programming, so yet they can't build multiple storylines. It's the same old, same old of lumping everyone together because they can't figure anything else out.
1: I just don't understand what they're doing with this entire program. None of it makes any sense to me. I don't understand what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. I don't understand if she's still supposed to be a heel or if when Naya attacked her, it was supposed to turn her baby face. I don't know if Naya's a heel or if she's a face or if she's a monster or if she's the boogeyman's girlfriend or I I have no idea what the hell's going on with her. Sasha Banks is, what, four-time women's champion at a combined 27 days? I'm having a really hard time investing anything into her character at this point. And Emma, they've been burying on TV for months. And now all of a sudden, she finds herself up for the women's championship.
0: And, and Sally, the one that's probably going to take the fall there, Emma, she's the one that you, that you know what she is.
1: And she probably has the most defined character out of anyone in the division. But I understand Emma's supposed to be a heel. She's supposed to be the whiny, poor, woe-is-me heel. The problem is, everything she's saying is accurate. I don't know. It's just another
2: one of those cases where they think... where the creative side
0: doesn't look at the substance, but rather the... the, I don't know, maybe the, the way that it's presented. You know, it doesn't matter if gender comes out and he's saying, Well, you you people
2: are you just don't like me because I'm different and blah 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 this. Yeah.
0: But he's right, but they're thinking, well, he's just a bad guy if he says it in a negative tone.
1: It's yeah, the it same just, there
0: with, with Emma.
1: It doesn't seem what like she, it's what going she's saying could
0: be one hundred percent accurate, but if she says it coming off as a stuck-up
2: snob, well, then it's wrong. Yeah, they're big and angle. They,
0: and they do the opposite, too, with their faces. You know, it just comes to mind because I was just watching 205. You know, Enzo, just because he's out there dancing and pandering to the crowd, but he's one of the most underhanded, you know, gumbags that they have going character-wise.
1: I I've said for the better part of a year, going back to the, the Rusev feud, that Enzo is a heel that everybody loves makes no sense to me.
0: Well, yeah, they, they did that the entire time with Russo. Russo's out there just trying to be a good husband, to defend his his just family, to defend but, his
1: wife, Sonner, and you know yeah. Enzo's trying to sneak back into the in, have have attitude. Whether, what? And we're supposed to cheer Enzo here?
0: Right. Uh, it was the same with the Roman Reigns. Same with the Roman Reigns situation with him, but. I digress. We can move on.
1: Well, speaking of breakdowns in psychology, the other big angle on the show was Braun Strowman versus Big Show in a cage on Labor Day. Unfortunately, we don't have ratings from this show yet because they're being delayed because of Labor Day. What did you think of this match?
0: Going in, I, I, was, I was taking this match for, for, what it, for what it was. It was a holiday throw-together match. Special Attraction was put a cage behind it. You know, people were, were pretty excited the last time these two slugged it outside the ring. You know, that total destruction, you know, is what happened. And it got a good pop. People enjoyed it. So they're hoping, you know, just to repeat a little bit of that. And actually, every time Big Show goes out there, it just it reminds me that I should appreciate, you know, what he's given to the business.
1: He's one of the most underrated underused talents of the past, what, 20 yeah, so, years now?
0: Yeah, so from that perspective, I I was okay with it.
1: I didn't uh, like match the match. I, I, I thought they did a really good job of building interest to the match, showing the, the previous two matches and the mass chaos and destruction that they had unleashed on one another. Uh, as far as the match itself goes... When you got two big guys like that, I don't need to see one of them climbing up to the top rope. It just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. The the I I didn't feel like there was any psychology involved in half of the match. It was just a spectacle of two big guys all leading up to the whole Braun throwing big show through the cage spot, which looked great. Uh we kind of knew it was coming, but Yeah, it was just kind of there. It it sounds like big shows, that was his being written off of TV for a while.
0: And, you know, to speak to what what you're saying there with the big guys going for those big spots, I'm more of a traditionalist. When I got those two big powerhouses in there, give me old-school psychology. Wear each other down with power moves.
1: Yeah, just beat each other up.
0: I would have popped more for, you know, the multiple power slams and seeing one of those guys, you know, risking a serious injury – with doing a top rope spot.
1: Yep. And especially with it coming out afterwards, if that's how they're writing Big Show off TV so he can go get his hip worked on. Like, yeah. how much damage was done to that hip just off of that top rope spot? Yeah, good yeah, couldn't there have was felt no good for that guy.
0: There was no need for the for the elbow spot. But I will give uh, give the guys credit. They, they work well together. And they, uh, they go out there and, and bust their balls.
1: I think Big Show has a huge future down at the Performance Center teaching big guys how to work.
0: Well, that's if they can continue to find them.
1: Well, they got, they got a good one earlier this week. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, too. First, we got to finish up SmackDown. There was one other uh, big angle on the show. Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. I predicted last week that was going to be your Hell in the Cell match. Now is there any doubt that's going to be the Hell in the Cell match?
0: To kind of lead into the SmackDown Live here, um, I thought it was a was a great outing this week. It was pretty obvious that they were that they're gearing up with the big Sin City event next week. Um, but the show flowed well, and it's and it's and hopefully it's going to roll over viewers for them. It was and nice like to saying, see.
1: It was nice to see a narrative structure inside of the show for a change, where you have part one of the story. Yeah. You have part two of the story. You have part three of the story. You have the cliffhanger for next week,
0: and that is one thing that I have been so negative towards WWE about, you know, especially in the last couple of years. Is everything is so time slotted? You know, it's not like those good old days where you know you'd come out for that opening act, they get you hooked, and they tease you throughout the show, and then have that big cliffhanger at the end there. And, and they did a very good job with what looks like it's going to be the main story point going forward is Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon.
1: Of course, later on in the show, Brian suspending Shane uh, indefinitely off the orders of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And we get the big cliffhanger that the boss himself will be in attendance next week in Sin City.
0: They're kind of looking at you know how the, they started this build last night. I, I want to applaud their opening promo. Uh, at times, it felt a little awkward.
1: Well, Shane, Shane it, obviously lost his lines at some point.
0: Now, see, I, I didn't, I didn't really take it as him losing there. I almost took it as a dramatic pause there. See, right, to me, me he looks like a it,
1: it, it, to me, if you rewatch it and you look into his eyes, he looks like a deer in headlights who's looking to Owens like
0: so maybe oh, he shit, just have where our moments where like yeah, you know, but then they they turned it around and it became pretty intense
1: oh yeah, yeah it it was believable, it was well done uh I particularly enjoyed Brian's promo to Shane when he told him he was suspended when he was bringing up all the crap that the Miz put him through
0: and I couldn't
1: do anything about it
0: a point I wanted to make about the interaction and the promos on Smackdown for this is they were able to hit home with some very real hot topics and they actually did it without openly pandering to the damn audience I mean, that's how you're supposed to do that. Not like what we saw the night before on Monday Night Raw.
1: I'm, I'm very interested to see where this story goes. Ever since Kevin Owens got called up from NXT, well, really, even while he was in NXT, his focus has been a championship. And I was curious what they were going to do with him now that they had basically when that killed, well ran killed his U.S. title run.
0: My, my only issue with the story, and I guess maybe this is nitpicking, is the whole taking legal action over an attack and then Shane being suspended for attacking a performer. I mean, this is freaking pro wrestling. We see this shit happen all oh. the time.
1: The, the one thing that I thought rather curious was they made it seem like Brian is actually higher in the company than Shane. Like, the GM of the show was higher than the commissioner of the show. That really kind of stood I guess, out I guess
0: I, I kind of saw it because it came from direct orders from Vince. Because it came from And I think they Vince. really, because they really, they did make a point to hammer that home. And you could really tell in Brian's eyes, you know, like, I can't believe I have to be the one to do this. You know, this is, this is killing me inside, but the boss of bosses. Is giving me this responsibility since no one else is on hand to do so.
1: So, what do you think happens next week with the boss in the house? Are you, well, number one, are you excited to see Vince back on TV? It's,
0: I'm hoping it, that this rolls over viewers. Uh, I'm not personally
1: one that really
0: pops or gets all that worked up when Vince makes his return. Uh, I just feel kind of the overall act is a bit stale for myself. But, I'm, but I realize I'm not the only one out there. People are going to be excited about this. And I was thinking about it. What's the last time that Vince really, uh, you know, we've seen him do like a Raw spot for the weekend and a SmackDown spot. What was the last time that we really seen him focused on SmackDown like this?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, I, I was surprised that they're bringing Vince to TV and they're doing it on Tuesday. That was surprising to me. But the SmackDown ratings are definitely hurting. Uh, losing John Cena to Raw did not help their ratings whatsoever. They're running basically even with their numbers from last year. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of growth there.
0: Well, you can tell you can tell they're serious about it. You know, they want to make a big showing next week, and you know I think with the three title matches and. Announcement that Vince is going to be there. I don't know how, you know, fans of WWE really can't get excited about what they're going to see next Tuesday.
1: I know what it is.
2: You know what it is too.
1: Next week SmackDown is going to beat Raw in ratings. And why is that? It ain't just Vince McMahon. We, next week is kickoff um, from Monday night say, football.
0: I was going to say all them rowdy friends, but you know that. That was gone a long time ago, but yeah, the NFL returns on Monday, so I think WWE is kind of looking at that and saying, hey, let's we got to make some kind of big impact next week.
1: Let's do something with SmackDown. That'll be a story to watch over the next, oh, I don't know, 18, 19 weeks. So, <laughs> it's going to be a long ride. Also on SmackDown this week, we saw the return of Corey Graves calling Shinsuke Nakamura matches. That's that's what I took away from it. It's nice to have Corey on SmackDown, but Corey Graves calling Shinsuke Nakamura matches is fantastic. What do you think about JBL's stepping down from the commentary table at SmackDown?
0: You know, I I know a lot of people. There's been a lot of jokes made since the announcement was, you know, came out. I'll even admit, you know, I made a couple myself there. Uh, And while this has been, you know been a long time coming, and it is kind of good to eventually see it. So JBL's been there for, for many, many years, and love or hate him. Mean, he's very dedicated to it. And in most cases, you know, he went out there and did what he was supposed to do. And he, he was good at that WWE style. And if now he wants to go pursue, you know, other passions in life, and, you know, a lot of that's going to be helping underprivileged children, it's been good for him.
1: It sounds like this is something that's been in the works for a while. I don't know if I necessarily completely buy that. Uh, regardless, I'm I'm pretty impartial when it comes to JBL. Sometimes I think he's really good. Sometimes I think he sucks. And I think the worst thing that you can be as a commentator is inconsistent.
0: You so. know, I think that all comes down to FWD or Stout. you know when when they really. You know, take the chains off and let, you know, even for Cole, you know, when they because they've been working together for so long, when they're allowed to actually focus on the action at hand, look at a match, they were, you know, very serviceable. They looked you know, good. Problem is, you've got so many other things that you need to do as a commentator in WWE. You know, yeah. you're you're a pitch man. You're running advertisements more than you're calling any kind of action. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's why I. Immediately when this news broke, I was hearing people calling for Morrow to return to SmackDown, and I don't want Morrow to leave NXT. I think he's great where he is.
0: Oh, definitely. I don't even know how feasible it is uh, with his schedule and other commitments there.
1: Well, that and he's a play-by-play guy. You need a color commentator. Well, that's what we learned the last
0: time he was on SmackDown. You know, everyone can point their fingers at you know, the situation, or if he was being bullied or whatnot, or there was too many people in the booth, he just, you know, you know like you said, he's a play-by-play guy. He's going to call your action. He lessens himself when he's trying to do all those other things and wear all those hats and juggle so much that, the, that those announcers are responsible for.
1: So currently we have Corey on both shows. Um, I'm not sure I'm a fan of that with the brand split.
0: I, I had a note here because I, I hadn't seen anything on it. I thought maybe you know or maybe one of our listeners can leave a comment or reach out to us via social media, let us know. Has there been an announcement about you know him permanently staying on SmackDown or, or is it just kind of up in the air right now, assume that he's going to juggle both responsibilities?
1: I don't think they have any idea what they're doing. I, I don't think they, they really know. So it's, I think it's a just-for-right-now thing. I That travel schedule has got to get a bit insane. They they rely on Corey a lot.
0: Well, how often is he actually out on the road? I mean, he's not doing live events and all that. So he's just Well, he's got... not
1: doing live events, but he's been doing Monday and Tuesday because he's been doing 205 Live.
0: Well, and then they've switched that.
1: Uh, they they did change that, but he's still on Monday, Tuesday.
0: So that's not really any change in his travel schedule. Now he's just working the SmackDown show instead of the 205 show.
1: Right. Uh, it's just a matter of, do you want to have the same commentator on both shows with the brand split? Or do you want both shows to sound different? I feel like it well, definitely weakens the brand split.
0: Yeah, I, I see, that's where I would agree with you there. And while you don't have him on both shows... Because you're, you, you're losing that unique flavor that you're trying to press to your audience. And I was a bit disappointed in how he presented himself last night. You know, it was, hey, I'm all on board. You know, and then kind of the same old Corey Graves. I really would have liked to be what it came in with a little chip on his shoulder, a little cocky. Yeah, you guys are okay. Obviously, you're the B-show. You need me to come save you. These talents are good at times. But, you know, the Raw is where it's, where it's really at.
1: So let's talk potential replacements for JBL. Any suggestions?
0: Well, I don't know if I have any, any great suggestions. Uh, but I have, did want to touch on, you know, a lot of people were clamoring for Renee Young, who, who did a, a perfect move. She stepped up and said, hey, you know what, thank you for the support. It's just not really for me. And I know there's been some other female names kicked around there, and I don't want this to come off Texas in any way, but I'd hate to see them put a female in that position simply for the reason of putting a female in that position.
1: I'm not opposed to them putting a female in that position. I just haven't heard any really good female commentators inside of the company at this point.
0: You know, Go out, get us the best candidate, and, and let's run from there.
1: Uh, inside of the company, I've seen a little bit of talk about Nigel McGuinness. What do you think about that one?
0: You know, he and the guy's got talent. He's got that unique voice. He, he did something special to the broadcast. But I had a very wise man explain to me why this might not be the best move right now. So, so why don't you go ahead and share what you shared with me. Nigel,
1: Nigel Nigel has to stay in NXT, and the reason Nigel has to stay in NXT is Ring of Honor. With the, the angle that they are bringing in with Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish, Nigel is going to be the voice of that angle. Nigel's been around all those guys for years. He knows the history. He knows the inner workings of the relationships. Nigel is the guy that's going to sell that entire program. And I don't think that you can sacrifice that angle just to put Nigel on SmackDown.
0: He's going to be the James Earl Jones, the Morgan Freeman. He's that narrator that's going to bring a life to that tremendous story.
1: It's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to see how that story is going to play out. I do have one suggestion. I haven't seen it anywhere thus far. I think I think, this,
0: I think this, this is pretty good what you've got here.
1: And I think it plays into the Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon story you ready for this one?
2: Steve let's, Corino
1: let's Steve Carino, come on down. You're the next color commentator for SmackDown Live.
0: I think this would be a genius move. I always I enjoyed his work, you know, when he was with Ring of Honor. He's got great personality. He's gonna bring a unique unique flavor to the product. And it's somebody fresh.
1: He's been off commentary now for almost a year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's already under WWE contract. He's working down at NXT as a producer. Bring him in on commentary. That guy is fantastic, especially with this Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon story. If you were a Ring of Honor watcher a couple of years back, the faction scum comes to mind when they tried to take over Ring of Honor NWO style. I could very easily see this Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon kind of going that direction. You keep Corey on commentary for right now. Owens somehow wins this feud and SmackDown becomes the Kevin Owens show. And he brings in his own color commentator, his old friend, Steve Carino.
0: I think you you got the perfect setting there. And it's going to tie in with people that know their history, that know Ring of Honor, but you could also build it up in a way, you know, this is going to seem hot and fresh for your casuals.
1: And it's not just Kevin Owens that benefits from that. Guys like Sami Zayn absolutely benefit from that as well.
0: And I think, you know, to talk to, to Cornito what Cornito, what he, what he can bring, and he brings that, I don't know, a rough edge to me. It kind of reminds me, and I don't want to compare them side by side, exactly compare them. Sort of like when Paul Heyman first showed up for for Raw on the broadcast team.
1: Yeah. I would just get kind of that same vibe. Yeah. Uh, One other point kind of coming out of SmackDown. Kind of a much bigger conversation. Dolph Ziggler supposedly, per PopCulture.com, leaving the WWE in October. Any thoughts?
0: The story kind of surprised me um, just because you hear this come up every now and then, but I would say they're a pretty reputable outlet. Um, I guess maybe they're the, the contract is ready to come up, and Dolph does have other interests outside of WWE. I, and I just want to say, you know, Dolph has lasted as long as he has because he is a true professional gets shuffled around the deck so often that fans tend to forget how good he really is. You know, an example was last night. You know, he, it was the re-debut of Dolph Ziggler and, you know, he ran through, came out, and you don't want a real performer. You don't want a real talent. You want characters and gimmicks. And maybe you know, he mocked Cena and mocked the Macho Man and mocked Naomi. And, and I thought the segment, I thought Dolph did an amazing job with it. But the segment might have been, it just maybe didn't hit the mark. It was a little underproduced, but it was a testament to Dolph being able to, as he always does, takes the opportunity and, and does the best he can to run with the ball.
1: That was one of the better Dolph Ziggler promos that I've seen in recent years. At least he wasn't yelling at me this time. That drives me absolutely crazy when he just gets in the ring and yells at you for no apparent reason. And I, and I
0: think Dolph below. is going to be one of those guys. You know, we've, we've seen a handful of individuals that, ha, that have been able to leave and go out and find real success with, with other major promotions and then across the, the indie scene. And, you know, with Dolph, you know, it might, not, it might not be wrestling. You know, he could get in some other type of entertainment. You know, the guy's in the improv. He's got – he's done work for, for news outlets. I mean, so it's wide open for him. If there's going to be a talent there that can go out and find that true success, it's going to be Dolph.
1: I'm with you. I, I don't think Dolph Ziggler is the kind of individual that is going to leave WWE and go on the indie scene and light it on fire or go to New Japan and light it on fire. I think he has interests more so outside of the professional wrestling world. Um, But for the sake of this conversation, let's assume that Dolph does leave WWE and tries to go the indie route. What level of success do you see him having?
0: I think he, he immediately becomes one of those names that fans right now, especially your more hardcore fans, that have become kind of numb to his WWE act or how he is treated there, that as soon as he hits that open market, they do a 180. And Dolph is a hot topic again because that potential of what he really can be as an in-ring worker is going to be showcased.
1: Let's play a a little game of over and under. Okay? I'm going to give you a talent. You tell me if you think Ziggler would do over being better than what this individual has done since leaving WWE under being he wouldn't be as big of a deal. Okay. Juice Robinson.
2: Over. Sammy Callahan. Once again, I'm I'm going to say over. EC3. Par? Can I do do a par there? Yeah,
1: sure.
0: And and I do want to to pause you here real quick. The only reason I would, you know, my main reason for over with the first two, with Callahan and Juice, because Dolph's going to hit that market with a lot more name value and a lot more name recognition.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, this one's kind of interesting because I guess it it kind of def- depends on what you define as success. Joey Ryan.
2: Joey Ryan or Joey Ryan's dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think Joey Ryan's dick is more over than Joey Ryan is. But
0: I was gonna say, uh, you know, I, which which one ranked higher on the five hundred?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> Joey Ryan or Joey Ryan's dick. <laughs> that's a good question. I'm not sure. We'll get um, Meltzer on that. It it, it is incredible. I,
0: I'm not really into the Joey Ryan thing, but it but you know what? The guy has found success.
1: Wow, he is success. It's
0: working. But I still I still think Dolph is more in demand if he hits the NBC. scene.
1: Okay. Well. So over. So now, now we get into the three hard ones. CM Punk is Dolph's over or under Punk's success since leaving WWE.
0: Now this is real-time success. This isn't if Punk would show up at, and start returning to indie shows or anything like that.
1: Correct. The, the, this would just be Punk and his UFC career.
0: I'm gonna say under, it was for the fact you know, because Punk made a, a jump to a serious combat sport, and as as much as people want to laugh about that and how his first fight went, I mean, just the principle of what he did there is pretty astonishing. They're you know, chasing an incredible dream there, and what was the buy rate for? For the event that he was at, I mean, they were... Oh, it was insane. Unbelievable, correct?
1: It was insane. I mean, Punk, and, Punk walked out that, of that fight like $2 million richer. I mean, for right. one fight, getting his ass whipped in 46 seconds or whatever the hell it was.
0: And, you know, in addition to that, he's also involved in some other dream product, you know, projects that he's always, that he's been into his whole life, you know, with his comics and all that. Yep. I'd, I'd say it's, it's pretty hard to, with wrestlers leaving the top probably the life, that uh, CM Punk is enjoying right now.
1: Uh, I think this one's interesting, uh, Johnny Mundo.
0: I would say in the first couple years of a possible golf exit would be over, Johnny, because it took it took Mundo some time to get to where he is right now. That's true. It, it took a, it took a while for him to build himself up to there. Now, would you say that maybe you know a lot of that is in thanks to the success of Lucha Underground?
1: Well, I think partially, absolutely. But I mean, you also have to consider his work in Mexico has been incredible. I mean, he's a triple champion at AAA, as crooked as the damn place is. Uh, Mundo has found well, I mean, speak- a lot of success yeah, speak- on the independent scene.
2: I would love I to see,
0: see
1: Mundo return to WWE at some point. I, I uh, always thought that guy was a main event talent that I, I just never we'll, got I pushed. I think we'll
0: like see it. that in probably uh, next year, 2018, to tell
1: you the truth. Uh, Well, here's a guy that left and com- has come back, Drew McIntyre. Do you see Dolph taking that kind of career path where he would go on the indie scene for a couple of years, light it on fire completely reinvent himself and come back through WWE? Or do you think when he leaves, he's just done? Uh, no, I could
0: see them taking similar paths. And I think that, that Dolph would have much more success on that path than McIntyre's had. And, and believe me, that's not a knock against Drew because he's had a great deal of success in his um, path back to the WWE.
1: Unfortunately, it feels like with Drew, he's always that transitional guy. Like he, yeah. was, he was at TNA when they were in the era of transition and now with NXT and a lot of his and, and indie I, work.
0: With Drew, he's a great in-ring worker, but there's so many other tangibles that you need to be successful in professional wrestling. And he falls short on some of those, you know, the, the character and, I don't know, personality. They, they, just, they just seem to fall flat at times.
1: And then we come to the big one, Cody Rhodes. Can I say that, or is he just Cody?
0: Cody R. You might get one of those uh, letters assist. from WWE. Yeah. I, I, when, you, when you brought this up, I knew you were eventually going to work your way here. I figured you were saving it for last. Because you know how I feel about Cody right now.
1: You're, you are much higher on Cody than I am. Hands down,
0: he is my favorite character going today. He's taken that vision that he wanted to portray in WWE and, and mul- multiplied it tenfold. And I, I get a kick at it. Every, everything he's doing, his mannerisms, his promos, how, how he just carries himself. Everything clicks for me. And I know there's some knock that, on his match quality right now. I'm not really paying any attention that he's still performing at a tremendous level and I think maybe he gets some criticism there because he still works in what he's pretty much you know lived on is that WWE style and I'm okay with that because it's a safer style. I don't need him to go get all crazy. I'm more about the persona and storytelling and the over the top flashiness between the ropes. But everything he is doing right now works for me, and, I, and I, I can't get enough of him on being the elite. I think he steals the show.
1: Being the elite, we we should do an entire segment on being the elite one of these days because that show is just genius.
0: Uh, oh, I I love it. You turned me on to it, and I every week I'm right there for the release or you know when they come out. I'm constantly checking. I agree. I think it's the,
1: I agree with a lot of what you said, surprisingly, because you know I'm not a Cody guy. Uh... Yeah. Cody's character work is incredible. Uh, he has really taken this American Nightmare character and done way more with it than I ever thought that he would. My problem, and you said it, is the in-ring work. Uh... I think his character, with the exception of the Ring of Honor, which I think is just absolutely genius, you saw that he actually has a, a championship ring now. Yes, yeah. champion. And he says, if I feel like it, I'll bring the belt. But this is the real trophy. And now you have yes, to kiss it's, the ring. It's, it's those
0: subtleties that, that he
1: implements into the character.
0: And it, who's, his, who's his
1: next opponent there? His next opponent... Uh, The gentleman from Japan.
2: For the first time
1: in 25 years, Minoru Suzuki will be wrestling on American soil. I don't know if they'll even let that guy through customs with his hair. (laughs) Uh, Suzuki's a terrifying, terrifying man. Uh, My big thing with Cody, and I know I've said this to you before, I'm waiting for that match that I'm going to look back on 10 years from now and think, God damn, that was Cody Rhodes.
0: And he just hasn't had it. I'll speak to the match point here in just one second. Let's get a point in with with his match coming up. I mean, that promo that he recently just cut involving, you know, the question of what's real between the strong style that he's going to be facing there. What's real? And then with his closing, it's it's an American nightmare you can't wake up from because it's real. It it was brilliant. I mean, it almost gave me chills there.
1: It's it's brilliant, but there's a huge problem with that promo. When it comes to what's real, there is nothing realer than Minoru Suzuki. I mean, the guy started an MMA federation. Suzuki is a legit badass and has been for years.
0: That was the genius of the promo.
1: That was the that was the best part behind it there. See and to me well and this is kind of the same problem that you have with the Rain Cena thing. Suzuki can't respond in a language that we're gonna understand and Suzuki with captions just doesn't work because But it's not
0: on it's not on that stage of a WWE production. No. But so it works where it's at there. And, and we're going to get the response in possibly maybe that match that you're, that you're looking for out of Cody. Well,
1: see, I yeah, really expected that match to happen in Long Beach when he took on Okada. I mean, Okada oh, cool. makes everybody look like a million freaking bucks. And if, even if, Cody didn't do it for me in that match.
0: If we're judging by Meltzer's star rating, I mean, Cody's still working three and a half, four-star matches.
1: Yeah, I'd go closer to three and a half. I don't think I've seen him have a four-star match yet, but that's incredibly open to opinion.
0: All right. Three and three quarters. There's nothing wrong with that if you keep that
1: steady base. Oh, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, Randy Orton is a huge star, and that's the best you get out of Randy Orton is three and three quarter.
0: And hey, one thing interesting with, with the Akata match was a statement that Cody made following their encounter is that since leaving WWE, Okada has been the closest or possibly the best. I can't remember exactly how he said it.
1: Most protected, with, I think is what he said. Well,
0: that, that he's been with that could work a WWE style. So maybe going. Oh yeah, match, Okada
1: completely could wrestle a WWE style. Right, so maybe going into that match, they knew that's, that's what they were doing. Well, and my problem with that match is at least 60% of that match, Cody was doing nothing but character work. And it's like, dude, your character is over. Now, but you're the Ring of Honor World Champion. You have to wrestle like the Ring of Honor World Champion too. That's the problem.
0: I'll, I'll concede that sometimes in match... You know, and that's, and a lot of times for a lot of the Bullet Club members, you see them getting caught up in things like that, especially with with the Bucks.
1: Oh, that one of the things I love the Young Bucks, and I love Kenny Omega, but it drives me absolutely nuts when I'm watching Being the Elite, and they show like Kenny, right after the match, sitting backstage, and the Young Bucks come up to him with a phone, and the first thing he does is look at Twitter to see how he did. That drives me yeah. just absolutely. That crazy.
0: Yeah, sometimes they just become a little too consumed it's with
1: just too much. Too with much. with
0: their with their marketing tactics, I guess we'll say.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, who else do you think that is currently on the WWE roster that could or should leave the company and make a run on the indie scene and try to be the
2: next Cody Rhodes?
0: I don't, I don't necessarily want to see anyone leave because, damn, that WWE contract, that means some good money and it means job safety for, you know, while you're there. You know, you, you know where you're going, you know, the bookings, you know, the towns, you know, your travel, you got people taking care of you. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty okay. nice setup to have.
1: Well, l- let me rephrase that. Now,
0: now with, now with that, I, I know what you're saying here. It push come the shove. If someone's got to go, who do you see having success?
1: Well, let, let, let me rephrase. Let, let's take, rather than Cody and what Cody's been doing, because I think Cody is on this path, to walk the Drew McIntyre path, to, to leave the company, go on the indie scene, raise your stock, and return to the company as a much bigger deal than what they are now.
2: Is there anybody on the roster
1: you see that could take that path?
0: I guess one that pops out immediately, and it it just seems so obvious. Um, uh, After I say this individual, I'll kind of look through the roster here and see if I can find maybe someone not so out there. But, I mean, it's got to be Rusev, right?
1: Rusev's absolutely on my list. I think Rusev would be over-huge in Japan.
0: And, And I think, especially if he could go somewhere... And get some of that true personality out. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot weight. You know, he's got a lot to give, personality wise. That they just seem to, to just not. I don't know. If they just don't don't care. Or just don't get it in WWE.
1: I feel like Total Divas completely ruined Rusev. Like th- th- it gave you just that little bit of look into his real personality, and now you just want to see his real personality. You don't want the Bulgarian brute. You want handsome
0: Ruru. Which which Kota went over huge. And I still think, you know, on the independent especially in Japan, there is some some good money in that destructive brute character. Oh, but completely. just not how but not just not how it's being presented through through WWE. And it quit making it be about you know, foreign issues and blah blah blah. Just let him be an ass kicker.
1: Uh, one, one other that has been proposed to me is Dean Ambrose. Uh, I'm not sure Ambrose is in a bad spot in the company right now. I, he, he's tag team champions with Seth Rollins. I mean, but I, I absolutely understand people's yeah, it, interest in Ambrose. I'm not an Ambrose guy. I've never really got the character.
0: I came up with Ambrose. I was there when he started I was at his first show for Heartland Wrestling Association. Uh, he had his break, breakthrough, when he won their version of Tough Enough, which was called Make Me a Superstar. I, I've seen this guy from, from the beginning. Uh, I've always wanted him to succeed, always been a major fan of his. And like you're saying, you really can't complain about his position. You know, he's one of the featured superstars. He's a tag team champ. He moves in and out of the main event scene. He's always involved in some type of title feud. I think it'd just be crazy. I think it's just people that are really just just longing for the days of John Moxley and you know the the true lunatic.
1: I I'm not big on CZW. I'm not big on the death matches. Um, some people like that sort of thing. It's just not my cup of tea. The uh, Ambrose, to me, the most interesting period that I ever saw the guy was when he was with the Shield. I thought he was a great talker with The Shield. And it just seems like he's kind of become content with his spot. Uh,
0: he, he really, you know, when he comes, when you're talking about true personality, I know it comes off as, you know, he's a cartoon version of himself right now because of the rating and, you know, who they want to appeal to. But he really is a nonchalant, and you know, a nonchalant doesn't give a shit kind of guy. He just rolls with punches, takes life as it is. You know, from every you know, in encounter I've seen with him or her, you know, people that are close to him, it's that's how he is.
1: My only other suggestion is my favorite wrestler, Tyler Breeze, needs to I know. was just
0: I was just gonna pitch that. Well to you but as the a problem turnabout.
1: is Tyler Breeze can't do it yet. Uh Tyler is still very, very young. I think he's only twenty eight, twenty nine maybe. Uh I would run out this fandango thing until it's dead well and, and then leave I, I, if he's going to ever get a legit push he's going to have to leave reinvent himself and come back i th- there's there's no getting promoted out of this fandango thing and having what, a bright future what if
0: we, what if what if you leave your Tyler breeze you leave WWE, and you've seen what this you know what the typical indie fans into they love the crazy over the top marketing they love the skits that they love the entertainment aspect of it. What if Fandango would go with him, and they take that act away from WWE and really get to show what creatively what they would like to do with it? Oh, I
1: could I mean, I, I see you've it working. Seen,
0: you know, what when the Hardys could run with their stuff or what the Young Bucks do. I Man,
1: would those love guys, to see...
0: I, I, think, I think those guys together could get themselves over especially because they're great talents in the ring. But they could get themselves over without barely working matches.
1: I would love to see Tyler go to Japan and join the junior heavyweight division and do Tyler Breeze versus Hiromu Takahashi. I know I sent you earlier. There's a uh, tweet sequence online, if you can find it, between Hiromu Takahashi and Will Ospreay that if you missed it, go search it out and thank me later because it's just fantastic.
0: You know, one last thought there on Tyler leaving. You know, you really could make a comparison to the success that that Juice has had over there.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Tyler can wrestle that style. His match that he had against Juice and Liger at the first uh, Takeover Brooklyn was fantastic. But
0: like you said, he's still young. Hopefully, he gets a turnaround here with WWE, but
1: doesn't look too bright. But I just don't know if you talent. come back from being a cross-dressing detective. I just, I love the gimmick though. And they're working it, getting it over.
0: It's going it it to actually get over. some more air time.
1: Uh, the next thing on our rundown is the continued bizarreness that is Sexy Star and Rosemary. I think Ooh, my opinion on this. Let's get into the drama. I think my opinion on this story has changed about a half a dozen times over the last 72 hours. I will give
0: you credit when we talked last week on our test run, when everybody had their opinion, they wanted to bury Sexy Star, you know, they had the whole situation figured out. You're one of the few people I know that sat back and said, I'm going to hold back my judgment and my comments because there is something more going on here. I think I was right. You're damn right. (laughs)
1: wow what a crazy story so i don't even know where to begin with this story honestly uh sexy star wrote a detailed letter uh of her take on the situation i guess um at no point does she really take any responsibility for the alleged action. In fact, she basically comes out and denies that it even happened. Uh she, say
0: the the gist of her story was, hey, that's that was the plan.
1: That was I the was plan. Working I tapped her out. The hard
0: style that I work all the time. I saw her backstage, she looked fine, no one said anything to me. I left with my husband.
1: And I did go back and rewatch the finish of that match. And if you're a Lucha Underground watcher, you've seen Sexy Star do this move dozens of times. It's not like it's something that she doesn't do on a regular basis. Nothing about it looks any different to me. The, the match itself it was definitely stiff. The first there was... time. What's that? Even watching it the first
0: time, you know, it just looked like a... And even when you think submissions,
1: it's a pretty weak-ass submission. Yeah. And it, Nothing about it, like, really stood out when I watched it in real time. I, most of the stiffness that I saw in the match was way earlier in the match. Uh, and none of it had really involved Rosemary, and Sexy Star tapped her out. I guess when she... She doesn't release the hold right away. In fact, she reapplies it and really cinches it in. But even that, it didn't look... Gruesome to me, in any way. I'm not going to. I'm not
0: going to pretend to be a sexy star expert. I, you know, I have I don't. I binge watch Lucha from time to time. I, I don't watch a lot of the Mexican work. But in her letter, you know, she even stressed, like, you know, that's if you watch me, I do this all the time.
1: That's my style. That's but, how I present it. And one of the things that Sexy Star brings up in the letter is after the match, Rosemary just gets out of the ring and walks to the back. I, yeah, she's holding her arm but she's not like screaming in agony her arm is not broken she rosemary came out and said that it's not broken so now the stories became that she she popped it out of her shoulder out of socket and that's the injury that took place i don't
0: see it it was just popping a shoulder out i pop my shoulder out all the time at at work. years years ago i had an accident it caused it pop out and now randomly at times it'll pop out on me and
1: i'm just i can pop it back in uh she goes on to say in the letter that uh 20 minutes after i was handed my belt i went into the locker room at, which i was bombarded by global force wrestling representatives who have a working relationship with AAA, saying that the wrestler i submitted suffered an apparent injury in their native language something that surprised me because as previously stated she walked down from the ring without any help uh, so she immediately went to go check on Rosemary. There's no doctor with Rosemary. Rosemary is just watching the monitors with a bag of ice on her elbow. Nobody tending to her. So Sexy Star assumes everything's fine, cleans herself up. Her and her husband leave. The next day she wakes up and she's getting death threats on Twitter.
0: And then, see, this was contrary to earlier reports saying that she was. Asked to leave or escorted from the building.
2: I don't know. Which is a, which is 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 a 180 from, on
0: you know, what Sexy Star is telling us here. And then, you know, then like you were kind of starting there, and she said, yeah, she just, the cyberbullying, it just. Well,
1: was and, a slut. And some of that stuff has been completely ridiculous. Uh, I wish people would take a second and just take the emotion out of it when they hear a story like this and just wait for information to come out because it's everybody is so sold on the fact that, oh, this was a shoot, and Sexy Star hurt Rosemary, and we need to blackball Sexy Star.
0: I, I'm i well, just not seeing the evidence. Just, you know, just not wrestling fans or in wrestling, but in all walks of life when you see something... Stop and think. All right, what's the other side of this story? Because there's always another side of the coin.
1: There's always another side.
0: Now, hearing Sexy Stars' account of this situation, and then now knowing that Global Force was potentially going to turn this into
1: some kind of some, some kind of angle. Well, it sounds like they're going forward with that. I they're, they're running. Previews for it. Hell, there's a clip of it in the open. That they're they're showing it on I'm, Impact this Thursday.
0: I, I'm gonna pose the question: Did Global Force Wrestling go into business for themselves here? Did they go in and create? Did they go and create this work down in Triple at Triple Mania? Because I haven't seen any medical staff or anybody coming right out and. Claiming that, you know, that there was an injury or anything like that.
1: And no, it's, it's not Rosemary's responsibility to supply us with medical reports. Oh, but,
0: I understand that. But however, you, you know what? Was it also wasn't Oscar's responsibility
1: to, to show us her x-rays of her broken freaking collarbone either. I, Rosemary to come out with a medical report at this point, that just solidifies her opinion. And her right. statements. And at least then you know what's real and what's bullshit. Because at this point, when it comes to GFW and AAA, I always assume everything's bullshit.
0: Yes, yeah, so right now with this whole situation, I, I'm, I'm just going to work under the assumption that this is a work. But I don't know if they're just working us or if one promotion's trying to work another. Or if they're trying to work talent or, or what the hell they're doing here.
1: So Sexy Star's letter comes out uh, on Fightful.com if you want to Google search it. They have a English translation. And then within a couple of hours, Pampiro posts on his Twitter feed or Facebook feed, which of course, you know, as we know from last week, he does not speak for AAA. But all of a sudden... Oh, he, he makes that very clear. He makes that very <laughs> clear. But then the next thing he puts up is, here's my thoughts on it with a tweet of the title being vacated. Sexy Star has been stripped of the Reina De Reina's championship, which is probably That's the right move, but I find it incredibly ironic that they put this out literally a couple of hours after Sexy Star's statement is released.
2: Why didn't you strip her of the championship at the
1: goddamn time if it was a shoot? why did you wait a week and a half for? Ah, wait play it out. But as soon as Sexy Star comes out and says, I don't understand what's going on here. Something's bullshit. Oh, well, then we're going to strip her of the championship.
0: Hey, there there was backhanded tactics that got her that championship. So maybe there's some uh, underhanded going about to get it away from her.
1: Speaking of underhanded, that brings us to Global Force Wrestling. What the as hell the, is as, going on in Nashville?
0: As the global force turns, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're talking, you're talking from the shakeups in the talent, in the backstage personnel, the, the antics in Mexico, and now Jeff's departure or leave. The, I mean, the, the
1: quote, serious, I actually have the serious serious quote here. So I actually have the quote here in my notes an indefinite leave of absence from his role as chief creative officer at GFW due to, quote, personal reasons. That's not what I read today. The The story I read today was Ed Nordholm informed Jeff Jarrett that he was taking a leave of absence for personal reasons. Correct. Well, yeah,
0: that at first, uh, that's your, your generic, you know, Almost like your future Endeavor line, you know, that's, you know, best of luck. You know, it's, uh...
1: It's, and, uh and, yeah, Jeff, and this story comes you're, out... You're going to take a leave. Tell, you're going to take a leave, so go ahead and tell us you're taking the leave. And this story comes out literally days after they signed a new TV deal with Pop. Uh, I also read today that nothing has been finalized as far as the GFW name. Jeff Jarrett still owns the GFW yeah. name. Anthem doesn't. Correct. That company is just a mess. I feel bad for all the boys. Well, and he's, you know, he's reading you know everything that's piled up
0: here uh, involving Jared, you got all the heat going back months ago. So pretty much when he came in, the heat with uh with Bob Ryder, you know, over a hotel room.
1: Over that, a hotel that, room.
0: That that Karen was unsatisfied with, and they. You
1: know, well and wasn't it it was a hotel room for a talent or something it wasn't even her hotel room oh i see I, I thought it was theirs So it was for someone else so they were just playing hard ass none of it makes any sense to me what and hell there's probably been at least three impact stories that have broke since we've been on the recording of this podcast
0: yeah, I haven't had anything opened up, so who knows? As soon as we open up the internet, we're probably going to be just born. Bought it with. I mean, I sent you yeah, the final yeah, copy. Real.
1: I sent you the final copy of the show notes this morning at like four o'clock in the morning, and since then, there's been like three stories break. Well, you
0: know, one big one coming out of this now is that Anthem that they're just hemorrhaging money, and if they if they potentially won out of the wrestling game now that they're going to try to sell off what they can. And I just, which essentially, essentially what they own is probably, what, the Impact name and the tape library?
1: Yeah. But what the hell else is there? There's the a couple of rings.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just got some of that, but I mean, that's pretty much worthless there.
1: You know,
2: it, the Pop TV deal, which
1: is basically worthless. And who in the hell wants to buy it? What the hell are you even buying other than the tape library? The only person that that tape library is worth anything to is Vince McMahon. And right. you've been dicking the Hardys around for months. What makes you think Vince is going to give you, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks for it.
0: Oh yeah. It's going to come in and it's going to be the biggest snowball off.
1: offer you ever saw in your life. Library. Library. It's
0: going to be one of those matters. You really want to get out of here? You know, just take what you can and run. Unless you could convince another fool like a Billy Corgan to come in, who was so hard up to have his own company, but you would even think that he's got to have enough sense that everything to do with that, with that company, that he would have, have to want to wash his hands with it, the whole mess. Well, and Billy bought the NWA. Well, that's still I mean, what the hell's even going on there? I just Exactly. You know, I
1: mean, he recent, he's had recent recent a wrestling company there. for months and he's not doing anything with it. So why in the hell would he want to buy Impact?
0: Well, the most recent report that I saw coming out of that, uh, I believe I read that over at the com, was that there's been a letter sent to all the affiliates of the National Wrestling that that they will that their deals are ending. Uh, Here shortly, possibly by the end of the year.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So,
0: so what—the very foundation of the NWA, what it was there—seems to be coming to an end.
1: I saw somebody posted uh, over in the WrestleZone discussion group today. uh, You can buy the NWA championship. I I saw that. I saw that. It's like twenty-five hundred dollars if you want one. So uh, the. Because, you know, the NWA Everything championship from 2015 is
2: really worth a lot. I don't know,
1: man. I don't know. I, I guess all, you know, all this news
0: with, with Jarrett and GFW, it's one of those sit back and, and wait, watch and listen.
2: But, like you said, you, you, your heart's got to go out for, for the
0: boys and the other employees that are there.
1: Just, I don't think I've ever seen a company so mismanaged as TNA, GFW, whatever the hell you want to call that promotion
0: or whatever the hell we're going to call it in six months, you know <laughs> hey, that, that is one thing you know what is it uh, what can what can survive a nuclear attack like cockroaches, Twinkies and impact wrestling?:
1: Yeah, no kidding. no kidding.
0: they seem to, they seem to just hang in there no matter what.
1: Well, moving to something that's not a complete car accident. <clears throat> the Mae Young Classic Round 2 and 3 went up uh, this Monday. Uh, we're only going to cover Round 2 today. We'll cover Round 3 next week, and then leading up, we'll try to keep it as current as we can leading up into the finals. Did you watch all of Round 2 yet?
0: Uh, I have pretty much through. Okay, so... Uh, now- I've got through enough where, where I can have a conversation
1: about it. That's episodes five and six. I've got a, a, a couple of notes here as, as well as a couple of the talents to, to talk about. Uh, let, let's start with this. What's your overall feel for the tournament? Is it about what you expected? Is it on par? Is it better? Is it worse? What, what are your feelings on it?
0: I, I'm going to compare it a little bit to a roller coaster. Uh, it's definitely it's had some some thrilling highs, and at times you know I felt a little disappointed. How would you I'm rate loving... it?
1: How would you rate it compared to the cruiserweight classic and the UK tournament?
0: I'm gonna say slightly below. Slightly below,
2: uh, uh, and that
0: might just that might just be because. It's the third installment of the same basic principle.
1: I feel like I feel like round two was significantly better than round one. Uh, I, I I will I will
0: agree there. The only
1: thing that I didn't think got better was Lita. Yeah, the number one thing on my notes is the commentary is just—it's not good. And I really was noticing, uh, I think it was in episode five, I was really noticing the voiceovers where they went back and re-recorded. It just, everything felt like it was a different volume and recorded in a sound studio.
0: It also comes off at times like something that they rushed to throw together.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, and and, and there's uh, one talent in particular that the commentary I thought was god-awful for. we'll, We'll get to her. Um, the one of the other things that was driving me absolutely crazy as I was watching this thing is the trophy spot when the talents enter into coming down the entranceway. Every single talent has to go over and do some kind of a stupid face at the trophy.
0: Yeah, it just—it's one of those things you just wear thin.
1: I don't, I don't remember it being that way in round one, but it almost felt like it was something that they were directed to do. It just it feels like such a...
0: That was added to production.
1: Someone thought so up on the fly. What do you think of the production of the... Do, do you like the, the blacked-out full-sale crowd?
0: I, I, I do. I kind of like that smaller, intimate feel with my arenas.
1: It kind of feels uh, like it's... a Japanese show.
0: It's one thing that I, that I really, that I loved about, one of the things that I, I really loved about, you know, the old school day, especially, you know, Attitude Era, it just seemed, I like the more rugged production value. And, I don't know, it just gives me more of an intensity feel.
1: I like that they go completely out of their way to make it feel like a different arena than NXT is filmed in.
0: And you need that. That's what you need. To, to give that different vibe.
1: Uh, I'm going to run down the matches here uh, from the second round. If you got anything to say about any of the talents or the match itself that really stood out to you, uh, let me know. Rachel Evers and Abby Lath. Uh, Rachel Evers kind of changed my mind. I actually had her on the cut list last week, and eh, let's keep her around for a little bit. And I thought this was a much better right. showing.
0: They, they kept her around, and you're 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 coming around to her.
1: Uh, Abby Lath goes over. Uh, Serena Deeb versus Piper Niven. Still not big on I, Piper.
0: I I felt better about her this this round.
1: She's definitely got
0: a unique a unique style and definitely a unique look for her.
1: I figured out what it is I don't like about Serena Deeb.
2: She's Mickey James.
1: The move well, What's wrong with the, Mickey? nothing but they already have a mickey james i don't need two mickey jameses i have two well, goddamn you know, she... bellas and i was finally happy to get rid of one of them as as we were talking last week you know serena's just here for you know for a thank you
0: spot well, you know, she's... she's put in so much work I, hey she deserves that spot right there the, the... she's worked wonders
1: this is one match where i thought the commentary was just god awful uh there was a couple of times where piper like jump on the Serena and Jim Ross. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, no, no, no. This is almost where I wanted to take a steel chair and just beat myself senseless. Lita, every move should be like... She would start a sentence and then just, Oh! Wow! Oh! Uh. She was making, like, involuntary, like, I don't know, awkward sounds. And she had Tourette's or some shit. <laughs>
1: Piper goes over the win. Uh, Princessa Suhe versus Mercedes Martinez. Did you have any thoughts on this match?
0: Happy with the match. Happy with the talent. I think uh, Mercedes Martinez is, is one of the finest female wrestlers in the world. I'm glad she's getting the spotlight, and I'm glad she keeps moving on.
1: really like uh, Princessa Uh but I hope she goes back to CMLL. I think she's, she's better suited down there. Uh, Mercedes Martinez Signer put her on TV Uh, There was one thing about that match That really stood out to me And that was Mercedes left shoulder Of course you know Princess Suhey had her in that Basically the disarmer Uh, At the end of the match When the referee goes to raise her hand That was the arm that they went for And she totally sold it That it was still injured From the match Love that. That's how you sell right. It's, it's amazing how those small pretensions to detail pay off in it. And then she turns around and she does a pose to the crowd with both of her arms up in the air. And I just facepalmed yep. so hard. I didn't catch that part, Dad. Oh, that just... I was like, damn it, you had me. You had me. And you just lost it. Uh, Kare Sane versus
2: Bianca Belair. What a fun match.
0: <laughs> yeah, people people are loving it. You, know, you got you got a hot new darling in the making there.
1: Well, and it, it's not just... Carrie saying put over Bianca Belair hard for that match. Yeah, Bianca yeah. Belair looked great in that match. That it's, girl's only a year in the business. It's not just the... You know, they just got and kick ass, you
0: know hoping someone else get over giving that rub it's just as important and that's what she was doing there And like she was selling her ass off
1: oh she Same. sold her ass off until the end on that 450 that was terrible Belair hits her with a beautiful 450 Sane kicks out at two which is was expected and then completely no sells it and wins the match in like 20 seconds that was that was that part was terrible like they were just running out of time and the the finish of the match seemed rushed. Uh, the only other thing I could say about Bianca, I understand the hair is your thing, but you're using it almost as a crutch. It's like every single second she's not kicking the shit out of somebody. She's spinning her goddamn hair. Right. Just tone it back a
0: little bit. Tone it back. Hey Amen. get that gimmick over.
1: Scene goes over. Uh, Tony Storm and Lacey Evans. I, I finally figured out that Tony Storm is the long lost member of motley crew i don't think i
0: saw that one i think I that's her gimmick i think
1: she's the long lost member of motley crew i really like tony storm uh lacey evans is eh, kind of hit and miss on her uh mia yim versus Shayna baszler you got anything to say about this match
0: I liked this match from Baszler more so than the first round, where I wasn't really all that impressed with her. I hated it. I'm, oh, I'm not saying that I enjoyed it by any means, but, I mean, I was pretty down on that first round from from a very limited exposure I've had to Baszler and, then, you know, the hype that I've read and the praise from others.
1: I thought Mia Yim looked really good in this match. Uh, Baszler, I... I does, did she have a nickname when she was fighting? Uh, I'm you know, should sure I can look it up right now? Well, regardless of whatever it was, I have a new one for her. It's going to be Shayna No Sell City Basler. She no sells everything, everything throughout that entire match. She'll sell it for like three seconds, and then she's up and kicking the shit out of me again. Uh, no seller. she is
0: she has been known as the queen of spades and a submission magician
1: queen of spades that's that's her her thing yeah no cell city no cell city no cell city, no cell city Shayna baszler
0: or shana yeah, no and, cell
1: city uh, baszler and they're just with her ties to uh
0: other to other potential names coming in and yeah We'll and where she comes from. 32. Actually, it we may, can talk about uh, that now.
1: What, what did I you think of the Horsewomen it.
2: angle? I don't really
0: think. I know it wasn't too much of a focal point. I just don't think it needs to be tied in any time around this tournament.
1: If you, if you didn't watch this episode yet, Baszler comes down to the ring. And to her left side is Ronda and the UFC Horsewomen. Horse and to her right side is Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky. Becky. And there was a little exchange after the match between the two sides. And,
0: and then they're taken to dot-com uh, and social media with some videos, things like that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm wondering if uh, they air that in the next round. I haven't watched any of the next round yet. Nearby, so. Uh Let's see, we've got two matches left. Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai. Any thoughts? Nothing really that stands out to me here. Nothing that stands out to me either other than Dakota Kai. Just just wear the flowery outfit that makes you look like you're 12. The, the silver was alright, but go back to the flowery thing. Uh, and then Candice LeRae versus Nicole Savoy. One thing that Absolutely stood out to me. Candice gets a pop that's, like, five times louder than everybody else inside of this tournament.
0: Well, and then it goes back to, you know, when she made that, that spot showing in the NXT Women's Battle Royal. You know, from all reports, you know, they kind of edited it out for the, the broadcast. You know, we didn't even get her, her entrance. But they said they went crazy for her. I mean, she, I mean she's over, like, crazy with full sale
1: she is over uh speaking of the full sale crowd do you have any thoughts or opinions on the full sale crowd thus far through the tournament Do do you think that they're treating the tournament with the amount of respect that they should be
0: yeah i don't have anything any knocks against the crowd uh at this point no it is one of those smarter your audiences and you're gonna get you're gonna get from them what you get I'm with you. you, know, it, I'm with you. It'd be, it's, it's all in any case, it's going to be a whole lot better than what you describe at, you know, during your live event experience where you just have a lost audience.
1: This is true. This is some true. of, these, for some is of these
0: great talents.
1: Uh, speaking of a lost audience there, there's just one thing that I have to point out because it bugged me the first round and it bugged me in the second round. And it bugs me even more knowing that they did voiceovers on the goddamn commentary. Kari Sane is not a yachtsman. She's a goddamn pirate. For some reason, JR keeps saying that she's a yachter. No, she's not a yachter. She's a freaking pirate. She's a pirate princess. Just let her be the pirate princess. Not a yachtsman. Freaking stupid.
0: Pirate yachting, WWE version. God, I hate
1: ago. ripping on JR. God, I hate ripping on JR. But especially when I know that they did the voiceovers, and this time, Lita even called him out on it. Lita even says, she's not a yachter, she's a pirate, JR. How did that stay in the audio? Oh, so bad. Commentary is so bad. So here is your quarterfinal preview, if you're uh, watching along with us here at Hitting the Marks. Abby Lath takes on Mercedes Martinez. Candace LeRae versus Shayna Baszler. I think I'm going to skip that match because I'm pretty sure I know how that's going to go and I don't want to see it. Carey uh, <laughs> Sain versus Dakota Kai. That's, to me, the highlight of the quarterfinal round. And Piper Niven versus
2: Tony Storm.
0: The tournament rolls on. The
1: tournament rolls on. Man, it's just been a gauntlet here lately. So much to watch. So much going on. Well, a lot going
0: on with uh, women's wrestling in WWE.
1: Well, yeah, and now we have another women's wrestler that's been signed. Uh, the Mighty Casey from an American Ninja Warrior has signed with NXT. Any thoughts on that? Are you an American Ninja Warrior fan?
0: When you, when you brought this up to me, you, you posed that very question to me. And I've caught a little bit of the show. I didn't realize how actually, how big this american ninja was it's getting uh, following and yeah
1: it's got you know that they
0: actually now. have like you know, like their own regulars and personalities and i was kind of blown away by it so i started researching here uh, mighty casey and after seeing everything that what she's going to bring to the table what she's made of this signing is
1: bad news for bailey and most importantly, she absolutely moved the needle in the eighteen to forty-nine female demographic when it comes to the ratings. This girl's gonna be well, something. Well, to watch. well, I don't for, for those for those out
0: there listening to us that might not be familiar with Casey. Why don't you give us a little background here, because you're more you're much more familiar with her than I am.
1: Um, really, the, the best thing I could really tell you to do is just Google her. Uh, number one, watch her American Ninja Warrior run. I this girl is good holy cow is she good um there there was a usa today story that was brought to me by my lovely wife because god knows i would never read usa today but she she does she shows me this article and i was like what in the hell is this and i started looking into it google her check her out she i i guess my question is how does American Ninja Warrior translate into WWE? Like, I understand the MMA transition. I, is this well, going to be like a an immediate transition? Do you think this is something that she's going to pick up quickly, coming from this kind of background? I believe so. Well, because she has
0: a gym, a gymnastics background. I don't know. Which is already going to play. Which is already going to play huge favors. Into picking up on professional wrestling, she's an incredible athlete. She's incredibly driven. You know, when twenty-seven he, years old, they argue about you know who started this women's revolution. Uh, it's almost I almost can't say that anymore. But I digress. It's the, but when you talk about for American Ninja, I mean she's the the woman that put women on the map with that show, and I guess it's sport if you'd like to call it or competition
1: yep yep she is actually competing in the finals in las vegas imagine that another sin city connection uh on september 11th the the season finale is actually going to air on september 18th so i would really like any of you listeners out there uh that watch american ninja warrior check this out let us know what you think of the show and then hit us on our twitter feed uh twitter we're at htmpw pod you can find us there you can also hit us on facebook at facebook.com backslash hitting the marks let us know what you think of the mighty casey watch her story on there and i guess try to enjoy the show american ninja it doesn't make any sense to me i like i don't it's kind of like soccer i just don't understand the ins and outs of the game and how they move along when they don't finish the course. And it's very, very confusing. Yeah, I,
0: I, I haven't ever paid that much attention to it, but for those, for those out there listening that are going to go check out the mighty Casey. And when I said, this is bad news for Bailey.
1: Oh, as soon as you see her, out, you're going to understand it.
0: Yeah. She, she has everything. Bailey is meant to be, yep. but she has a better backstory. Yep. She is more athletic and in direct, right, she is better looking and
1: that could equal to i think more she's. Marketable. i don't know if i would necessarily say that she's better looking than bailey but she definitely has more of that girl next door to her she has a
0: very marketable look let's just say and that. she's
1: got a smile that just doesn't stop i don't know it's going to be interesting uh, one other big nxt announcement that i think we all kind of knew was coming uh Donovan Dijack has signed with the WWE and you can probably hear Vince's pants ripping when he sees Donovan Dijak for the first time
0: everything that uh that the fans i, I don't want to say that i guess we can't say that. everything that Vince wants out of a WWE superstar they they have in the making right now
1: yep Yep, uh, big cast couldn't have picked a worse time to get hurt, because Dijak is the kind of guy that Vince is going to see and go big who. Yep.
0: This is going to be a uh, I, I'm gonna I'm predicting a, a short NXT run, and they are going to hot shot him to the main roster to the red or blue brand.
1: How would you bring Dijak in? Would you would you put him with Cole O'Reilly and Fish, or would you try to keep him separate away from that?
0: I think, it's, I think that's the easiest way to do. Make him the muscle of that group. And, I, and with that, you don't really tie him down to needing that long run in NXT. Especially if I'm right in my hunch that, that he's going to get hot-shotted up fairly quickly.
1: Uh, for me, I think I would bring him in. I would do a very NWO-like angle. I would make everybody think that Roderick Strong was the fourth man that was going to join the stable. And then have Donovan Jack come out. And oh yeah, beat the I would love something like that. Then, and
0: then you're getting so you're getting, so you're going to put a heat on the group, yep. sympathy toward your new baby, your ultimate baby, and Roddy. Sets it up perfect.
1: Uh, speaking of Donovan Dijak, uh the other big story of the week, at least in my world, was PWG's Bola Battle of Los Angeles 2017. If you're well, not think, you know, a PWG follower, at least hear us out here and, and maybe give this promotion a little bit of a shot.
0: Especially this event, this particular event here. Cause it, it's, it has so much
1: history, and it means so much, but not just the indie scene, but the entire world of professional wrestling. The Battle of Los Angeles goes back to 2005, so they've been doing this for a while. If you're not familiar with PWG, DWG is that small little wrestling company in Rosita, California, as Candice LeRae so politely referred to it on the Mae Young Classic. Uh, going back to 2005, listen to some of these previous winners of the Battle of Los Angeles. This is a, a three-night tournament, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Chris Bosch. No, not that Chris Bosch, Not the basketball. Davey Richards, Seema, Low Key, Kenny Omega, Joey Ryan, El Generico, God rest his soul... Adam Cole, God rest his soul. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Ricochet, Zack Saber Jr., Marty Scurll, and now 2017, your winner, Ricochet, first two-time
0: all, winner. All major names, and then just those are just your winners. Yeah, those are just the winners. From the gauntlet here in
1: the tournament. A lot of people that have been there. Uh, uh, well, AJ, AJ Styles, Cesaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that didn't have never even won this tournament. Uh, you're participants. Uh, you had Brian cage, Desmond, Xavier, Joey Janella, Sammy Guarava, Ray Phoenix, Ray Horace, the aforementioned Donovan Dijak, Trevor Lee, flash Morgan, the defending champion, Marty Skrull, uh, Jeff Cobb, who many of you may know as the monster Matanza from Lucha underground, Sammy Callahan, Matt Seidel, uh, Pentagon Jr., or whatever the hell he's called this week. Thank you, AAA. Matt Riddle, Michael Elgin, uh, Jonah Rock, Zach Sabre Jr., Mark Haskins, Travis Banks, Flamina, Ricochet, Keith Lee, and Walter. What a ridiculous lineup for a tournament. And from all
0: accounts, you know, unfortunately, you know, that with contract obligations and things set up the way they are that they can't put together an, you know, an IPTV for this or find another way to air it in real time. So the fans have to wait a couple months to be able to pick up a copy of the show, but from reports of people that were there firsthand, I mean, match after match, it sounds like just some unbelievable, some unbelievable action, especially if you're a fan of that over-the-top
1: indie style. I don't know if this is fake news or not, but I heard... I haven't verified, but I heard that Dave Meltzer said that Volon twenty seventeen was better than the G one. And we all know how good the G one was.
0: I'm actually gonna verify that because the other day I picked up that sound clip of him him speaking speaking to that effect.
1: I cannot believe he said that.
0: Um he and he out, I believe, you know, night three and two said it was some of the best he'd seen better than, you know, obviously, I mean, he's going to take a shot at WWE any chance he can. Of course. But since the majority of our listeners out there are following mostly WWE, you know, he, he put it over anything that he's seen from, especially the red and blue brand, but even anything from NXT.
1: Uh, for those interested, uh, the finals of BOLA are a elimination style triple threat match. Uh, Ricochet, of course, winning the tournament, uh, Keith Lee eliminated Jeff Cobb via pinfall and then Ricochet eliminated Keith Lee via pinfall. So Ricochet, your first two-time winner of BOLA. What is left for Ricochet now that Lucha Underground is finally the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel for Ricochet can be seen. He's won BOLA twice. Multi-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion, rumors. tag team champion. Hot rumors are going to be that obvious uh, WWE move once he
0: is contractually allowed to make a move uh, with the Lucha Underground tapings. Or, uh, how close are those to coming to an end, the airings?
1: Um, it seems to me that Ultima Lucha Trace begins airing September 22nd? I want to say as that season concludes, you know, he's free to move on. Right. Ultima Lucha trace is going to take place over four weeks. Uh, So by the end of October, Ricochet is free to do what Ricochet wants to do. I'm not sure of his contract status with new Japan. Uh, Most of the time, new Japan contracts end end of December, beginning of January. Uh, So I assume that's when the talks will really start picking up heat up
0: for kind of that into that Wrestlemania season maybe you know we get that big Wrestlemania NXT debut somewhere along those lines but he has gone on record a few times and that he would he would truly like to become the, the king of that junior division in New Japan
1: ah, not as long as Hiromu and Daryl are running it Hiromu and Daryl for rookie of the year I don't think there's uh, any anybody to even compare but we'll we'll get per- to that personally,
0: personally if i'm him i am uh, i'm taking the, the wwe money and running with it
1: i at this point i can't blame him i think ricochet has a long way to go to be wwe ready but i think if i'm wwe and i'm
2: still trying to get over 205 live i have to have ricochet
0: and it's always good to keep the, uh, the cabinet stock down there in NXT.
1: Boy, are they loaded up right now.
0: I'd say so. And I, and I guess one more point on the Battle of Los Angeles. And we're talking about, you know, why people should care so much about it.
1: Even, just look at you the know, names of those previous winners. That's a, it's a who's people, who. Some people that you see come through. But even just the
0: atmosphere around the BoA tournament and, and just... Um, pro Wrestling Gorilla is even if it's not really your style, you know, because a lot of it, you know, everyone's coming in on their match to get everything in. It's fast paced, spot after spot, but it is a unique environment. It, it's almost like a family with the talent, the crew, the fans. Yeah, they're very passionate about what they do, and it's something that even if it's not your thing, that all walks. Of fans of professional wrestling should be able to appreciate
1: one other big story coming out of Ola 2017 uh, it seems while he wasn't in the tournament Kenny Omega was on the card wrestling some matches with the Young Bucks doing six man tags And now Kenny Omega is injured. Had you heard that news yet? Uh, I have. I
0: I didn't know. That's where the injury occurred, though. Uh,
1: That news broke in the middle of the night last night after I had sent my final show notes over to Rick. So I wasn't sure if he had even heard this story yet. Yeah, so he's going to miss a week or so of action, correct? Yeah, a couple of weeks. It seems uh, Haku cannot stop producing sons. He has a third son that's going to join up with the Gorillas of Destiny to replace Kenny Omega on the Destruction Card matches. Um, It sounds like it's something with his left meniscus, uh, which is a knee injury. He's still scheduled to defend the U.S. title against Juice Robinson on the 24th. Uh, Hopefully, all is well with Kenny Omega. What a terrible time for a knee injury if you're Kenny Omega.
0: Um, a couple of weeks off might be good for him.
1: As long as it's only a couple of weeks and he's not coming back too early and messes it up more well, because if, a, a nasty knee injury deal, that puts him out for about a year would be a disaster at this point. In his I'm career. sure they're, they're going
0: to make sure he's protected here. You know, they, They're already taking the precautionary steps, taking him off the road for a couple of events that are kind of, I don't want to say meaningless, but secondary cards. Let him rest up, get him back in there so you go, full go.
1: All right, that brings us to another new segment that we've added to the show here. Uh, I believe this,
0: this came from a suggestion from one of our uh, great listeners, yeah, correct?
1: Yeah, we, we, we definitely want to thank all of our beta listeners. We got a lot of really, really positive feedback from a lot of people. I Rick was going to try to name everybody. I'm not even going to attempt to because we, we're, we're dozens of downloads deep now. You know, we, we got a lot well, of really positive feedback about our show format, uh, how we handle some individual topics. I want to give a shout out to all of them. I much appreciate it.
0: Very much appreciate it. And we, uh, we look forward to hearing more feedback and continuing to grow. Um, I, I already got a feeling that, that this show is much better than our test run. And and I'm hoping that next week is better than that and we just keep going forward.
1: Just keep moving forward. Uh, well, get David on to Booker, is, here. Be the Booker is the name of this segment. Uh, I'm going to give Rick a name. He's going to tell me how he would book him for the next six months or so. Kind of kind of get a feel of where we're at with some of the talents that we feel could be doing a lot more. Uh, this week, we're going to bring up the one, the only, the perfect 10, Mr. Ty Dillinger. Rick, if you were the Booker, what would you do with Ty Dillinger?
0: I... I like that this was our, was our first one coming out of the gate here. As I said earlier, I have I've, I've followed Dean Ambrose since his day one there. And I could damn near say the same thing about Ty. Not since day one, but I've been watching him for a decade plus. Uh, when he showed up in OVW, I was fortunate enough growing up in southern Ohio that we picked up their programming weekly. And, I mean, it was must watch for me. Um, I'd get off work on Saturdays and rush right home to make sure I wasn't missing an episode of it. And even back then, man, I saw something really special in this guy. And I I knew, man, he's going to be a megastar. And my heart was, was broken. and I was disappointed when it really didn't pan out for him, especially during that first run with the company. Now, back then, and there was something special about him in tag team matches. He was working with Cody Rhodes uh, they had an unbelievable program. With what was Deuce the name of the Domino. tag team? Do you remember? They were they were just Beers uh, and, and Roads, hmm, okay. Cody. Uh, but they had a great, a great feud with um, Deuce and Domino, along with uh, Cherry Bomb. If, if everyone remembers them, they were kind of the greasers. Oh yeah. And Cherry Bomb had the uh, the roller skate gimmick going on.
1: Yep.
0: And a lot they were feuding over the tag titles. And a lot of what drove that feud was a little side level affair between Cherry Bomb and Spears. So it gave that little that little extra edge to it, that little little extra ump, if you will. Uh, but I love those two together. And, and I thought, you know, there was no doubt what Cody was going to get a chance uh, with his background, where he was coming from. But I really thought Spears had something special then. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out when... When he went to ECW, then later left the company, only to return through NXT with the Ty Dillinger gimmick, and then later developing the Perfect Ten, which caught on like gangbusters with that audience. But since his call-up, you know, they, they kind of dropped the ball with him when they brought him up during the Rumble. You know, it was the perfect setup. Came in at, at number ten, people were behind him. And then he disappeared for quite a while, did he? Went back down to NXT.
1: Yep, back down to NXT.
0: And then when he comes back up for SmackDown after the brand split, the people were, were really hot on him, but there was an inconsistency there where he wasn't on TV every week. He really didn't have a program going on. And now he kind of finds himself lost in the shuffle. Now, granted, he's getting that U.S. title match next week in Vegas, well, is, is that really more than anything than, than filler at this point?
1: No, no. I, I don't think that anybody expects Ty Dillinger to win that match, but we're going to find out just how goddamn good he is when you put him in the ring with AJ Styles.
0: And that's going to be one of those times where even in a losing effort, this is your opportunity to really turn some heads and get noticed. Yep. But anyway, I guess for the, the question at hand, how to, to book Ty Dillinger moving forward, And the reason I went back and talked about his his history and where I thought he was so good was in tag team wrestling. He was great there. And when I've seen him even work, you know, tag matches in NXT, he continues to shine there. So I'm going to take him with, and let's not forget, you know, since he's come up through NXT, a lot of people think that he's a younger guy. He's 36 years old.
1: Oh, yeah. Ty, Ty's been so, around for a while. No, he's no spring he's chicken. No spring chicken, yeah. What
0: a pairing with another great bet that could take an opportunity and another angle to really stand out and shine, shine. And that would be through a tag team division. And I think, especially on SmackDown, that they should do more with that tag team division because in such a short time, you can get four guys out there shining as opposed to two people in a segment. I'm going to pair him up with Dolph Ziggler.
1: Ooh, that's, a, that's an interesting pairing. So, so would she, you turn Ty heel then?
0: I'm going to make these guys total heel. I would envision them as the villainous Macdown counterpart to Rawls, Ambrose, and Rollins.
1: See, I would see them as uh, almost a, a new school version of the Hollywood Blondes.
0: Uh, that would be almost – that is a damn great Austin comparison right there.
1: Austin yes. and Hillman. If, if, you, if you haven't seen any of uh, the Hollywood Blondes, uh, go back on the network, look some of that stuff up. That's the gold right there.
0: Yeah, right on it. You know, you've got two incredible athletes with great personalities that have shown that they can demonstrate some character, put them together, and just let them raise hell
1: i like that i like that a lot i was actually a little bit worried there because for a second i thought you were going to say exactly what i was going to say i uh, i completely agree with you about ty i would absolutely put him in the tag division but i would keep him as a baby face and i would pair him with sammy zing to
0: me i i don't know that just uh, that just screams a generic they could be the ten dollar cabbies Oh, my God. With like uh, the
1: $10 a full cool car and everything to drive a cab you bet into you. the arena. You bet. Book <laughs> <laughs> it. It'd be entertaining. Imagine the $10 cabbies versus Breezango. That'd be over. WrestleMania main event. Sign me up. See, I'll
0: take that other side. I'll take Spears and Ziggler against a baby fashion police. Love it. Love it.
1: That brings I us to I hit or miss. It. The big closeout for the day. Holy cow! What a long show, man. I was And say, here we thought we were gonna be short this week. Let's let's bring it home, man. Man, it's a marathon. Impact renewed on Pop TV. Uh, GFW down uh, to 268,000 viewers, down from 296,000 last week. Same night DVR and live viewership, uh, right around their average. I couldn't find the financials anywhere. I don't know if Pop TV is paying GFW or if GFW is paying Impact.
0: From from what I understand from past deals on this, uh, they were not getting a lot from Pop.
1: So do you hit or miss on them re-signing with Pop? If there are no other suitors,
0: then I'll say it's
1: a hit because it's always nice to go
0: home at night and have someone love you.
2: At so this it's point, not a,
0: it's not the most—it's not the
1: sexiest, sexiest deal
0: that's
1: that's going on out there. At this point, I was going to call it a hit, but now I've got to go with a miss uh, because I don't even know if GFW is going to exist in 2018, well, let alone through I, 2018. Because, I, I hey, so what's the hit? What, what, what? Who's hit or missing? Yeah, information or the TV company. <laughs> I think we're going to call hit this one a nothing, nothing draw. <laughs> Uh, hit or miss, other professionals and legends praising the work of Roman Reigns. I think most recently we saw this from Jericho
0: when he was yep. out promoting uh, his new book. Yep. And I know in the past, personally, I've heard uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, and I know a handful of others just talking about how talented and the work ethic, how driven the kid is. I'm going to go with a miss. I, I just, you know, People are just tired of being spoon-fed the same line time and time again.
1: I'm with you it's and over. John Cena at the top of the show. Roman Reigns, I don't respect you. I have absolutely no use for Roman. I never have complete mess. I, I, I think it's one of those
0: cases where don't, unless you're like intentionally asked about it, don't bring it up and don't go into detail.
1: This is going to be the unpopular opinion of the day inside of the hit or miss segment because I think the Shield would have been better, a hell of a lot better with Chris Hero instead of Roman Reigns. I know there's a lot of Shield lovers out there, but you're wrong. Chris Hero was the right person for that. The CM Punk gimmick that they originally had was the much better storyline. Roman Reigns, you are a miss.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my tongue on that one and just let our listeners uh, agree or disagree with you in the comments this week on that one.
1: Oh yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I I, I look forward to your thoughts. <clears throat> Batista, the headline, the Hall of Fame in 2018, reportedly. I haven't seen this confirmed anywhere, but that's the report going around. What do you think? Hit or miss? Is uh, Batista a Hall of Famer? A Hall of Fame as headliner, a, I should say. As a headliner, I'm
0: going with a miss. As a Hall of Famer, definitely a, a hit. I mean, the guy had, you know, great, although short, which I would consider relatively brief run, um, great talent. You know, he brought to the table exactly what they want. He was over. He's done a lot of crossover work and brought you know, outside eyes onto the product in the company. Definitely a Hall of Famer. I just don't see him
1: that headline material. I don't see him as a headliner either, and I'm just waiting for somebody on Media Row to ask him how big his dick is. The PWI Top 10 dropped this week, or the Top 500. We're just going to hit the Top 10. I'll run them down here for you real quick, 1 through 10. Okada, Styles, Owens, Reigns, Omega, Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Dean Ambrose, Bobby Roode, and The Miz. That's 1 through 10, hit or miss. Uh,
0: Pretty much a hit. The only one that really surprised me in there was Dean Ambrose. Uh, I didn't really think he belonged to be in the top 10 and especially that he came in higher than the Miz uh, was pretty shocking to me.
1: I completely agree on that note. Um, I also, I will absolutely hand it to PWI, which I'm not normally a big believer in, but Kazuchika Okada as number one this year, first Japanese wrestler ever to receive such an honor. Congratulations. An honor, great, honor greatly earned. Congratulations to uh, Mr. Okada. Uh, Nikki Bella signing up for Dancing with the Stars, hit or miss. Oh, this is a total hit. The Bella brand is
0: continues to expand. I think they're doing a tremendous job with it. Haters are going to hate out there, but Nikki and Bree uh, have done a great job of taking
1: an opportunity and completely running with it. I'm a hater. The less Nikki Bella, the better in my world. Uh, complete mess for me. Uh, a couple that I didn't, I'm not sure I got on your run sheet, but I know that you'll have something to say about. Ric Flair ain't dead yet, motherfucker. What did you think? Hit or miss?
0: The nate, the nate's still going, baby. Cutting he promos kicks out at, of the he hospital. Kicks out, he kicks out at two, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's got another uh,
1: championship run in him. <laughs> Glad to have you back, Nage. Glad to have you back. Uh, John, Cena, <laughs> John Cena uh, supposedly uh, has a couple other projects coming up, per The Hollywood Reporter, in addition to the Transformers movie. Uh, he has signed on to do an animated show on YouTube Red with Kat Dennings, and is also in the running to play Michael Knight in a Knight Rider reboot. John Cena, greater than Hasselhoff. Hit or miss.
0: I am going to go with a complete mess here. I I didn't find his voiceover work is uh, hell. Is that stupid ass elephant with all the nut puns (laughs) anywhere near entertaining? Um, and then I am not for these remake spoofs of eighty sitcoms. It just doesn't
1: seem like any of them are hitting. Dear Hollywood, quit ruining my childhood. I love Knight Rider, and I love Transformers. Quit putting somebody that I hate in Well, even the on, on
0: top of that, you're going to have Cena as Michael Knight. And then, isn't Kit going to be voiced by Kevin Hart? Oh my God, are you serious? Oh, that's the rumor? Yeah, that's the rumor. Kevin Hart's going to be the voice
1: of Kit. You know, originally Michael Bay was on my list of people to kill, but if somebody else is making this movie other than Michael Bay, in the words of Jericho, you just made the list. Uh-uh. I'd, I'd rather have another uh, Kirby the Love Bug than this. I want a 79 Volkswagen Super Beetle. That's my dream car. Uh, another segment that was suggested to us are matches of the week. Uh, just one mash for you, the listeners, to check out that you may or may not have seen before. Uh, my match of the week this week is going back to the live show that I saw on Sunday. Go look up Wrestle Kingdom 10, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Rick, you got a match of the week? You know what?
0: First time out, we don't want to give out too much homework. You know, we've already got them going to look up some other things there on the, on the Google machine. So how about we, we'll just go with yours? I'll just double. I'll just, uh, I got your back on that one.
1: All righty. Uh, I believe that brings us finally, after a marathon, to the end of show number two of Hitting the Marks.
0: Well, you got anything you want to plug here?
1: Oh, well, of course, you know, I'll I'll go ahead and plug the show's Twitter and Facebook again. You can find us on Twitter at HTMPWPod. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Hitting the Marks. You can find me across all social media platforms at notjargo. Twitter stalkers, I see you. I see you. You're, you're all assholes. I hope you fucking die. Um, anything you got that you want to plug, Rick? Uh,
0: just to kind of add on with the Facebook, go over and check us out there. Once again, it's at facebook.com backslash hitting the marks. You're going to find links to full episodes. And then we also have a little breakdown and hi- highlights of things that we're going to talk about that we like to call bullet points. B- bu- uh, we're gonna b- take a- Bullet points. We take it, take the show, break it down for you. I Think you'll enjoy that there. Personally, you can find me on Twitter at the real RBV, and over in the WrestleZone discussion group, uh, where I host a number of interactive threads, tournaments. Be your own booker, and of course our WWE pay-per-view pick'em challenge, uh, which is very entertaining, very popular over there.
1: If you're new to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean.com, and you can also find us on iTunes. Now the iTunes is up and running. All you gotta do is search hitting the marks in the iTunes Store and boom, there we are. Uh, anything else that we uh forgot to touch on, feel free. Hit us up on social media, hit us up on Facebook. Uh don't even bother looking for us on Instagram because neither me nor Rick use it. Uh anything else that you wanted to touch on this week, Rick? Yeah. Take us home. All right. Well, coming up next week, we've got new Japan shows to review. We've got the May Young Classic Round 3. We've got the Sin City Smackdown. The Road to No Mercy continues on the red brand. And God knows what in the hell is going to come out of GFW or AAA this week. So, another action-packed show. So, I guess that's All right. it. we off. I guess that's it. We're off like a prom dress. See ya! All right. Want your fingers. Enable me. I don't give a Back on!
0: Draping in the blame on me I smell self-righteousness That's
2: the bad guy Go!
0: Come on Come on That's the bad guy. Guy. guy you the bad guy you the bad guy You'll never Flame burn, that story or no Dwell deep down, on the so cold You'll be the blame on me
1: I smell self-righteousness so that's, that's the bad guy Go. Oh. Fuck your bitch mama and i lie She was at
0: home done. with me She's last night I'll just be your bad A- guy be bad